0: Welcome to the on target living podcast a place where health and human performance meet
1: So we set out to stage a Burger King Jimmy John's intervention for our good friend, Nick uh, But ended up having a fascinating conversation with Chris Johnson instead Chris lives here in Lansing. He is an international speaker and advisor a health and fitness expert and the founder and CEO of on target living Chris has sprinkled his magic nutritional dust on our beloved Joe Beshi, and well, look how well that's turned out. Plus, he was pushing cold oatmeal before we made it cool. What to cod liver oil, comic books, resolutions, and a fitness guru all have in common. It's the New Year's episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's good for you.
2: Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humbley? No. Oh, no, no, no. I, mean,
3: I, I love
2: would Sarah. like to be a part of the intro. I think that would be nice. Well, why don't we work that a little line? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find
1: a spot for it.
3: Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really.
2: I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of fruit to disgusting, one to ten. Let's get some disgusting stuff. stuff. Yeah. There's
3: nothing disgusting. One part of well, what? What in there is disgusting?
2: I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your.
1: Okay, welcome back, and happy new year. Happy 2019. Uh, This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, We are a public affairs and a public relations firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Uh, You can find us at reschstrategies.com. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Rest Strategies, and this podcast, a couple of places you can find it. Uh, we're on our website, like I said, reststrategies.com. You could also find it on iTunes and on any number of other podcast platforms that are out there. So it is 2019, and let's start the year like we've started other, every other episode. Let's Joe Baschey. Nikki O'Mara. Nick DeLue is here. Stephanie
2: Vancouvering.
1: Um, today we have um, a very special guest and someone who, um, unbeknownst to him at the time, was really the inspiration of the, the name of our little podcast here. Um, the CEO and the founder of On Target Living, Chris Johnson, ontargetliving.com. Uh, on Target Living is headquartered here in MidMichigan and Chris, graduate of Michigan State University. Uh, One of the very first people to work at the Michigan Athletic Club as the fitness director. Uh, He founded On Target Living in 2006 and has been um, transitioning the leadership of that company to his twin son and daughter. Um, but like I said, most importantly today, he's probably here because of the influence he had on the name of our podcast and his friendship with our good friend, Joe. Yeah. Anything you want to add here?
3: Uh, no, just that, I mean, Chris is going to give us the origin story of, you know, cold oat. We all know Matt, Matt, I think it was in the pilot episode. You shared why you name You named the podcast cold oatmeal. It's cause I bring cold oatmeal to work every day, but why do I bring cold oatmeal to work every day? I bring cold oatmeal because Chris Johnson told me to, and maybe he can, maybe he can tell us, you know, why I do that. But uh, I think the real reason he's here, and a time to maybe reveal. Nick, we really care about you, and this is um, this is an
2: intervention. Chris I, is
3: here to I work on this. I suspected
2: this might go this way.
3: <laughs> this Burger King habit that you have, um, you know, we, this is a safe space.
1: We all want what's best for you. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you I
2: like my I was, I was watching I was
1: watching the promo video on Chris's website in in and and uh build up and in preparation for this and he said it's important to tell the people who you love that you need
2: them
3: <laughs> oh well, we definitely need <laughs> we nick we need but nick yeah. like the, door, the, closed here, closed the whole nick place lose. would
2: shutter. yeah i when i started reviewing your website i, I was i thought oh geez I, <laughs> I know exactly the way this is going to go this is going to devolve very quickly into nick doesn't eat well and it's true um nevertheless we'll
1: just need to figure out where the slim one from jimmy johns with a coke <laughs> <laughs> and no, Pepsi and chips fits on the on target. You know, I'll I'll,
0: I'll help you, Nick. Um, this is Chris. <laughs> I, I was a terrible eater growing up, and so really that was my change over time. And I was raised by wolves and ate beefaroni and spaghettios and baloney sandwiches and ate at every fast food joint in this area. So yeah, that's and I never really drank anything besides Kool Aid and. Pepsi and occasionally milk for dinner. So, I'm being raised by wolves right now. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're being thrown to the wolves. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, right at home. Yeah. So Chris is a
1: fitness guru, nutrition nutritional guru, inspirational speaker, motivational speaker, um, and we want to talk. We thought, you know, what better way to start a new year, but then to talk with someone uh, who who does that for a living. So. I'm going to throw the first question to you is, do you make New Year's resolutions?
0: I, I develop a 90-day plan right out of the chute. Absolutely. Yeah? And it's uh, I do physical. Uh, it's everything from reading books. Um, I have a plan that I read 10 pages a day, of which gets me through about 10 to 15 books a year. Uh, I look at my physical, what do I want to improve upon? Let's say I have a shoulder problem or my back's been bothering me more, you know, so I, I definitely put together a plan. So, is it, what advice, like
1: for the people who are listening or coming to them shortly after the new year, and they're debating whether or not to do a resolution? what advice would you give someone who's thinking about doing starting the new year with something different?
0: Number one, I, I recommend everybody do some form of resolution. Where everybody falls apart, I think, is they make it too hard. And so they got to back up. And our whole company's based on building habits one step at a time. And as people get stressed, their prefrontal cortex can only handle one thing. And so they'll go back to their old habits. So the key is you got to develop, pick one thing you're going to focus on. For example, you might say, hey, you know what? I go to see my Dental hygienist, you're not flossing. I'm going to focus on flossing or I might drink more water or whatever it might be. I might move my body 10 minutes a day. Where the resolutions go south is when everybody starts to pile on i'm gonna quit smoking i'm gonna quit drinking i'm gonna start moving going to the gym six times a week i'm gonna eat in the center of the food target you know i'm not gonna go out to fast food anymore that's gonna last about two seconds and that's what happens so people lose their so our goal is to and joe has witnessed this but you know i said to joe what are you eating for breakfast well let's let's come up with some cold oatmeal cold oatmeal takes you 60 seconds to make and you don't have to worry about cooking it. You don't have to do anything with it. I can't even remember what I used to eat I was breakfast. just going to ask you, what I have did you no use idea what I used to eat. So I that can, is nothing so, before cold oatmeal. So where you're going with this is exactly right. Now <laughs> you don't even think about it. It just happens. And that's the key in resolutions. You want to create a habit that you don't even think about it anymore. I mean, we've all done them. So everybody has habits, so... And I think that's what resonates when we speak to organizations, do training. They think we're going to run them through a boot camp. In reality, that's not happening at all. It's let's just start one thing at a time. And then and then you said it right at the very beginning, Matt. It's like you're telling Nick that, hey, I need you because more everybody wants to, you know, be the best version of themselves. Sometimes they think it's just too difficult or too challenging. So that's my little tidbit of information about a resolution. Number one is absolutely get focused on what you want reflect take time and number two is like what one or two things you're going to focus on and that's it and that will lead to another habit another habit and another habit
1: so explain to us the meaning of the prevention guy that's, that's in, in, in the video on your website you talk about that you're the prevention guy. What, is that, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, growing up I was into athletics, but I really I never knew understand about how to eat or, you know, I like to work out and do all that stuff, but I really didn't understand, you know. And everywhere I went, I worked for butternut bread and I worked for Frito-Lay. And when I was working for Frito-Lay, I used to carry my lunch all the time. I got into bodybuilding and people would ask me all the time, hey, what are you eating? I'm like, well, I'm eating this and, you know, i am got a big truck full of chips <laughs> and I'm eating, I'm eating, you know, to go interview right now. Nick's going to go put you know, his resume and out. Some, <laughs> some peppers and apples and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is just how I eat. And then um, I thought, you know, I really need to learn more about this. So I, went, I had a business economics degree from Western Michigan. I went back to grad school at Michigan State. And I ran into this professor, and I didn't know if I wanted to go into physical therapy or sports medicine. And I had all these interviews set up. And a game changer in my world was this gentleman by the name of Kwak Ho. He was an advisor at Michigan State. And I had a meeting with him and he spent over two hours with me and he's asking me all the right questions, you know. And at the end of the interview, as I stood up, he said, you do not want to go into medicine. You want to go in prevention. You are a prevention guy. And I still remember that like it was yesterday. So I got up and I'm like, prevention guy, you're a prevention guy. And then he was my advisor through graduate school. And and that's really. And then everybody asked me, you know, what are you going to do with this exercise physiology prevention guy Degree And I'm like, I don't know. I just knew that I had a passion for it. And so that was my, you know, back in 1983, I met Dr. Kwak and I went into graduate school right after that and, and I've been doing it ever since. So that's why they call me the prevention guy, because he called me that pr- as we got out. And so,
1: so. You know, there's a lot of talk all the time about superfoods and, and kale and, and all of these things that you're supposed to eat a lot of. Um, d- if you were to go,
2: if, if you were deserted on a desert island and you could bring one food with you, what would it be?
0: Well, the, the food that would probably keep you alive the longest would be spirulina chlorella. So it's, okay. a, it's a survival food. So it's high in al- It's algae. <laughs> And it's high nucleic acid and omega three fats. So Joe holds up. His I wouldn't bag. want. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live on it, but you can live on it. So it's okay. really the one only, of the only foods on the planet that you can actually sustain life for over a year. Without getting all sorts of stuff, Um, the other thing I think most people are missing are omega three fats, which is cod liver oil, flax, chia. So if you looked at our food chain now in the United States, about ninety five, maybe ninety seven percent or more are deficient in omega three fats, which do everything from brain health to heart health, hormones, inflammation, or decrease inflammation. So those would be things that I would really focus on, and that's really you know when I met Joe, that's the bedrock of how we teach is. It's not what people are eating, it's what they're not eating. So, and the food chain is not the same as it was 50 years ago. You know, the soil's not the same, and everybody can get sideways on this, but what I try to do is make it simple for people, like, are you really drinking enough water? I find most people don't drink enough water. Are you really consuming some form of omega-3 fat? And they're like, I don't even know what that is. So, what that, is that? That's, that's be the cod liver on <laughs> the flax and chia, <laughs> which anybody can find any, everywhere. I mean, one of the reasons why we went to this superfood on our website and our online is because it's, it's hard for people to understand it and how to get it. So, we want to make it simple for people, and that was part of our business. You know, when my son came on board in 2007, 2008, he came on board to help us with that. Part of our, our business, but that's what I would do on the deserted island. And, I, and on a des- deserted island, hopefully you have real, you know, real fruit.
3: Yeah. And, do you ever and
0: coconuts and things like that that are very, very healthy?
3: I know you used to do it, and I, I don't know if it's still a thing. But do you ever do the uh, thing where you go to Foods for Living and you kind of guide people through a shopping trip of what you would get, which I always wanted to do, and I've not done that with you. We before.
0: haven't done that, but since our new headquarters is opening up, we will definitely be doing that okay. um, in two thousand. You know in this year, so that that that's definitely I mean we used to have I was talking to one of the guys the other day we used to have two hundred people in the store at one time, really and know we used to have a microphone and a stepladder, and then I would get my my sister involved and yeah it was a big deal so we we will definitely bring that back to the community um this year all right good
1: do you do you worry a lot about um organic versus you know ordinary off the shelf preserved stuff?
0: No, initially for everybody's in a different place, and I learned that a long time ago, Uh, you got to go where where people are at. So if you're, you know, Nick is trying to maybe eat a little healthier, I'd say, hey, Nick, let's just uh, focus on some (laughs) real simple things. Mm -hmm. But once you start going down that and then people get into gmos and organic and it just it's too overwhelming like let's just eat a piece of fruit don't worry about it's organic or not organic. just eat it right and then if you're saying okay i build a habit around that well then maybe you're going to the next level and saying hey things with a skin on them like the dirty dozen those are the things you might want to start focusing on if you eat those a lot like if you eat an apple once in a while and it's not organic you don't even need to worry about it but if you're eating apples regularly since it has a skin on them, you kind of probably want to focus on more organic or avocados. You don't ever have to buy or avocados organically because the bugs don't, you know, pesticides don't, the bugs aren't there. So they don't have to you know, use pesticides. So it, it, it's in a level of where people begin their journey and then you got to meet them at their journey. And I think that's the mistake we find in my space. It's either all or none. I'm on this diet. But they don't really understand how to pivot. I talk a lot about that. People that call us all the time, hey, can you give us a diet? Well, yeah, we can, but it's not going to work because then you're locked into that diet. And you don't really understand it. And by the way, it's not your, it's not your eating plan. It's got to be your eating plan. So when I first met Joe, that's the first thing we focused on is like, hey, Joe, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, but let's just do slowly. Build. And I have people walking out from whether we're doing a seminar or training or whatever, and they're like, this is all I really need to do? Yeah, because you're not doing any of this. Let's just start slowly and (laughs) and build that. So how,
1: how clearly do you remember your first meeting with Joe? Because he was describing to us on this morning his car ride to to meet with you and the and the anger with which he was having to go because he's like I don't want to do this I don't oh,
3: want I do I, had, I didn't <laughs> want to do it at all my mom was adamant and I I was well, late that morning and I was just in a pissy mood I, uh,
0: yeah I, I kind of was warned a little bit about <laughs> Joel from his mom um oh, and man. I knew his mother so but I have dealt with so many personalities. I've done 20,000 one-on-one training sessions. I've spoke, you know, to people all over the world. Um, I think my expertise is just talking to people and then getting comfortable with them and understand where they're at. And, and why is Joe angry, you know? And so, I Can you answer that question? Is <laughs> why really is not Joe sure. angry? Joe's a lot less angry than he used to be. <laughs> no. Goodness <laughs> sakes. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. That's probably true. <laughs> I think Joe is. But you gotta, you got to go back, and, you know, I, I've learned over the years that I have, I've, as I've older, I'm 61 now, that I ask better questions. And so, as you start mm-hmm. asking better questions, you start realizing why... People are afraid to do X, Y, Z. Why are people afraid to eat better? Because you think you're going to take stuff away from them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell them right away. I'm not taking anything away from you today. And I sometimes I have to have that in the first se- session. Like my, I, I met with my brother-in-law a couple weeks ago, and not a healthy guy at all. But he's starting to have s- some challenges, and which we all do as we get older. And I said the first thing I walked in, I'm like, "We're not talking about organic. We're not talking about GMO. What I'm going to talk to you about right now is what are you willing to change, and are you willing to change?" And he said, "I am." I said, I "said Let's walk a while out of here today, changing one or two things." So, so I think that's the the, the conversation when I first had, had a meeting with Joe, and I think Joe and I kind of, I think I think we kind of hit it off after a little bit. I agree. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I left happy uh, yes. I
1: went. Well, I think you have the distinct honor. Not only did you help us name Colomial, but you are on the list of, I think, three people on the planet that Joe has admitted that he actually likes. Oh. And it's, you, it's, if you it's, count it's, the number of people in this room, there are more than three <laughs> of us. So it's a
0: rare, rare comfort. Sometimes <laughs> I, I have the people, I have a guy that down in South Bend, Indiana, that, you know, he says the, the same thing. He goes, uh, Nobody likes me. You're about the only guy that likes me. And I'm like, I didn't like you at the beginning. I <laughs> (laughs) But then I slowly understood how you work and you're, you know, and you're not as bad as you think you are. So anyway. So I wanted to ask you if the United
1: States of America was a single person, how, how would you assess the nutrition? What's the nutritional assessment you would have of our country? I saw in the video, you had this moment where you held up a plate, a small plate of like uh, the fact that Americans would have to have. Three of these, if this was the size plate that we used, I'm just curious what you think is. A- yeah, it was
0: I was in uh, Paris actually speaking with uh, AT and T, and I it just hit me. I'm at lunch, and they had these tiny little plates, so just a saucer, and I'm like, what is this? You know, and, I, and then I kept thinking, wow, this is really interesting because nobody's really overeating. And then in Paris, nobody's really overweight. I mean, they smoke a lot, and they eat bread and drink wine and cheese, and, but nobody's really overweight, and they walk a lot. But in our society, we're really, uh, we're really creating some really bad habits. Uh, we don't sleep anymore. Anxiety is through the roof. Energy drinks, processed foods, uh, just goes on and on. Cheap, crummy, easy, accessible, and it makes people lazy. And so we're not cooking anymore. My daughter's a big one that, you know, you need to do some more stuff at home. People don't like it. But we need to change the mindset about, you know, that your body is a temple and you we got to take care of it. And it's your avenue, and especially as you age. I mean, everybody's trying to save, you know, for the rainy day. But I find more and more people, they're saving financially. Or maybe they are, maybe they're not, but they're not really paying attention to their health. And then then everything's going sideways and healthcare costs are through the roof and but if we had to pay for our healthcare we'd start thinking about it differently my son and i just had this conversation an hour ago mm-hmm. but we got to change your mindset about and it doesn't have to be about eating perfect or exercising all the time it's just about you're a vehicle and you're you're your greatest we always say this in any organization you ask this if i ask your group matt what's the greatest resource of this organization, what would you say? The greatest resource. I would say the people. It's always the people. Yeah. And then if you asked what's the greatest asset of your people, you don't always get that same answer, and it's their health. So the bedrock of our business is helping people to change their mindset of looking at you as the foundation for you know everything. Because if your health is sideways, you don't sleep good, you're not feeling good, you don't have great energy – you're not going to perform at a high level. And so that's what I think the challenging thing we're facing in the United States right now is we're really, I mean, we have, I mean, McLaren's opening a new hospital, you got Sparrow Health System, you got all these fantastic health providers, but we're not getting any healthier. You got the Michigan Athletic Club, you got all these health clubs around the country, but we're still, obesity going through the roof, medications are going up, you know, gout, acid reflux, the list goes on. So that's my world every day is, Why is this the problem? We know why it is, so how do we fix it? And that's changing people's mindset about how they're living their lives and and what do they want out of their life. You know, I always talk about being the best version of yourself. I think that's what really gets people jacked up. Not about being you better than person A or B. It's you being the best version of yourself. And if you're not feeling good, you're never going to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's what Joe experienced. As he felt better, he probably was nicer to people. (laughs) <laughs> Juries
2: out.
1: So we are a PR firm and I wanted to ask you. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the marketing of a mindset. You've met, used the word mindset, lifestyle a couple of times here. You know, if you're selling a product or you're selling a service that people understand and can, and can relate to, maybe marketing that is a, is a little easier. But when you're selling, when you come up when you came up with, you know, this mindset or this approach to health and life and and living, what's the approach you take because you've built a very successful business at this point to marketing that and to building a business around
0: it well i think our biggest challenge every day is marketing you know and we would like to get more of your expertise on that cuz i truly believe like why aren't we bigger than we are i mean we're i think we got probably the best best methodology out there I and mean, we really have the players we have the structure we have everything but, but we're not we're not as well known as you know The keto diet or the paleo or whole 30 or whatever but it's not sexy so we got to figure out how do you make it a little bit more sexy but how do you get people to be more you know engaged so that's that is probably our biggest challenge in our business right now is how do you create this awareness everybody in our community needs us but hardly anybody knows about us number one and number two they don't really know that they know they need us so do you think is that because those other diets have some big kind of
1: signature fad? It's like to me those the thing that's always stopped me. Not that I've ever really tried a ton of these, but it always has been too much. I'm like you know what that's just too much for me to try to do. i You know, just getting rid of all pasta and and bread. I'm just not willing to do that. Or is is but is that the stuff that grabs attention and gets people to? Oh yeah, on well, the ketogenic
0: diet, it's the number one diet program. It has been for a long time, but you know it's going to decrease brain fog and you're going to lose weight and you know you eat a lot of fat and you. Eat a fair amount of protein and no carbs you you get into ketosis so i wrote an article about it but you can't be healthy on these diets that are taking things away so if you take a macronutrient away like a carbohydrate protein or fat you want them in balance if you take one of them away you're gonna have a problem but nobody's talking about that problem they're talking about all the benefits so they're they're masking them so eventually you know like if you take most of your carbohydrates away you're gonna have you can't calm your brain then you're gonna have trouble with serotonin which makes melatonin makes helps you sleep and you know the list goes on so then the next thing you know they're not sleeping and their energy's not great you know and so they're taking the energy drink and the next thing you know you're 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 you i feel like i'm talking about tommy boy when he was trying to sell a you know a brake pad or something so but that's the challenge is that it's lack of knowledge the two things we're not taught in our world right now transparency and medicine there is none so that's a big problem so, which leads into my space, which is, again, people just are not, everybody eats. Everybody thinks they're an expert. You know, most people work out. They think they're an expert. But, you know, they're, they're, we're having more and more issues down now than ever before. But the human body, to me, the longer I've been doing this, the human body is amazing how it can heal itself. If you give it the opportunity to do that. And perform at its highest level. And that's what gets gets exciting. That's one of the reasons I got in bodybuilding way back in the early 80s. kind of want to see what's possible. You know, if you really... And I'm an anti-bodybuilder. I mean, I do the opposite of what the bodybuilders eat. So I eat cold oatmeal every day and bananas and raisins. And, you know, I don't cut anything really out. I just eat higher, Hmm. you know, cleaner. So
3: So why cold oatmeal versus hot oatmeal? Is there a reason or is that just... What you like to do?
0: Yeah, so I was reading, you know, I was looking at um, this book way back in the day, and they're talking about muesli and different things they eat in, you know, in Germany for breakfast. And I kept thinking, and this is way, way back in the day. And I thought, God, that's interesting. They use a lot of, uh, it's kind of like kefir, and they use yogurts and but grains and stuff like that. But they don't do a lot of cooking because of just access. So they do a lot of cold, and I thought, hmm, that'd be interesting having have cold oatmeal. So in our cookbook, the only recipe that they give me credit for is the cold oatmeal. Okay. <laughs> Any monkey can make cold oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So number one, it's super easy. You don't have to cook it. Again, deterrent for people doing anything, it takes time so there's no time involved in it you can make it anywhere and you can do a trail mix but you just have cold oatmeal and you just as joe knows and if any of you've experienced it it's it's easy you just put whatever you want together and you put some plant-based milk on it and put it in the refrigerator and it's perfect and you walk away and then the next morning you can walk out the door and away you go so it's convenient it's easy it's cheap tastes great, good for you so all of the above. I think it's I think it's better. I rather
3: I mean hot oatmeal is fine, but I would prefer, if I'm going to be given a choice and I don't have to do any work, I'm still picking cold oatmeal. I just I like the taste. I like I the feel texture. like I feel like for me personally, I would maybe do cold oatmeal in the summer and start heating it up in the winter just because that's how I am.
0: And I think a lot of people are are following what you're doing. A lot of people like the heartiness of having something warm in the in the winter time but in the summertime maybe the cold oatmeal Mm -hmm. but it really gets down to back to the beginning is what do people really want what do you like and then as you doctored up and put different things in it, you're like, I like this and I like that. And, you know, that's the magic of cold oatmeal or anything else. But cold oatmeal, you can experiment all the time. It's like making a smoothie. You mm-hmm. can't really screw it up. You just make it the way you want to. So it really came out with for convenience.
1: What's your favorite recipe? What's, if you were going to sit down right now and make your favorite bowl of cold oatmeal, what would go into it?
0: Oh, it's really simple. So I just get uh, 100% rolled oats and then I would put um, cacao in there, some cacao powder, which is real chocolate, high magnesium. And then I I would put some i always use raisins because i like raisins are sweet i probably eat too many of them and then i like frozen cherries and i'll put some form of nuts in there and a plant-based milk either cashew milk or uh, almond milk and then some cinnamon so that would be my normal
1: sounds
3: good um, that
0: doesn't sound terrible that,
3: that's basically that what i good. eat that's nothing
0: at all like yes what you it eat. is i'll tell you the difference I'll,
3: I'll steel cut oats instead of rolled oats so that's barely anything yeah. i have pumpkin seeds in there i have um the cacao nibs, I have uh, a mixed nut, like pecans, uh, cashews, almonds, walnuts,
2: is, isn't yours full of cucumber? No,
3: you no. just think. And then you I make, have an I have an apple. It's a Brussels sprouts. It's, it's, it's an apple. apple. I, I think I you chop made up, up, an up an that
2: cucumber
1: thing way back. The I know. Yeah. You know? Where, do you, where's your
0: bowl? Where, you always it's have in, it in my thing. bag. Okay. It's but it's an apple that's just cut. Up you do not front. want to put <laughs> <laughs> any type, any kind of vegetables in your cold open. <laughs> 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 I agree. I and know. then
3: and then cinnamon and then I put cardamom in there too. So there's another spice in mine,
0: but pretty close. The key the key and what Joe's saying too for you Nick, it's just a matter of just. Experimenting, see what you like. You know, my wife doesn't like it the same way I like it. Right. So when I'm making it for her, I have to be really precise. I only can put five raisins in and I only can put, she doesn't want their fruit to be mixed. So being married 36 years, I've learned that I got to make it a certain yeah. way for her. Well, I get <laughs> right? that.
2: So it's a family business,
0: right? Family business. Yeah. Your, your kids are involved. Your wife's involved. So my um, wife uh, is, is just retiring Uh, the month, this month from Foster Swift after 37 years. Mm. Congratulations. Yep. So she's going to come and do more work with us. Plus she's got, uh, three grandbabies.
2: Well, that'll keep her busy.
0: So, yeah. So
2: with the kids, did you always have a mind someday? I hope the, my son and my daughter will be involved in the family business.
0: No, no. I, um, when I was at the Michigan athletic club as a fitness director, I started speaking, And then I started writing some books to go with it. My first seminar was called Meal Patterning. My first book was called Meal Patterning. It was about how people, the patterns of eating, and I was watching and reading an article on sumo wrestlers, and they were the biggest people on the planet, and they were the experts on gaining weight, and everybody was always trying to lose weight. So I kept thinking, well, what if you just... The opposite of what the Sumo wrestlers do. That's really the key. And so Sumo wrestlers eat one time a day and they eat a lot of food, but they don't eat bad food. They just eat too much at one time. So I kind of, that was the pattern. That's how it started. And then I started speaking more and more. And um, then corporate America started calling. And then I have my food target. And so I went to a branding specialist in Colorado. And he said, You should call your company something around the target. So we came with on target living. And then from there in 2006 I went out and started speaking full-time in 2007 not really having a clue what I was going to do just trying to survive and then we just had people along the way and then my son came on board he's been with us about almost 10 years now eight years nine years but and then my daughter came a handful of years after that so it just slowly evolved and Now my son is one of the speakers. My daughter is one of the speakers. I'm a speaker, so it just evolved. We really didn't. I had no plans, no Mm -hmm. clue, just kind of morphed into what it is today. I'd imagine
2: staff meetings are either a lot of fun or very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, sometimes staff meetings are, uh, you know, we have to pick and choose because, you know, I'm still the dad and the owner, but um, sometimes we have to create this respect along the way and um, have that so yeah sometimes it can be challenging like my daughter and my son they're they're twins and my son runs the company so we kind of kind of have a report to him in a certain way mm-hmm. so yeah it's it, it can be challenging and then my wife I have to be careful sometimes of what I'm telling her you know at home about the business and so she doesn't because she takes out care of all the finances and she's the hr and she does a fantastic job of keeping us organized i'm more of a big picture guy and sometimes i just want to just talk about ideas in reality she thinks she needs to implement them and it's going to put more work on you know so yeah there's dynamics of the family business that and in other ways, there's it's, there's great. I can't really have two better people in my son and, and my daughter that know what, this stuff better than, you know, and then they have the passion for it. But, and no, initially I have no idea that they were interested in doing this.
2: Well, it's, just, it's very interesting because Matt's got a couple of sons who are close in age, and they're growing up fast, so you know, I, maybe yeah. there's something that they Owen be, and Cooper could.
1: In the new year, they'll be sitting in it. this chair. Right. Well, speaking of kids, I did want to ask, do you have advice for parents who are dealing with kids who are either fussy or unhealthy eaters i have an 11 year old who would sit at the table and eat fruit and vegetables all day long happily and actually ask for those and i have a eight-year-old who will find any piece of candy in a square block radio and eat it and fight people for yeah it. you know
0: i so my daughter Kristen is our dietitian speaker her and i do the podcast together and she was she was challenging when she was in middle school you know dad you're a freak show nobody eats like us blah 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 (laughs) and then you know even i had to work with her so we'd go to the grocery store and you know instead of buying this we'd buy that and you know we just had to work together and then my my wife's lebanese and uh she's a far hat in this community and and she's amazing cook and she kind of taught our kids how to cook out of necessity because we're working full time and it wasn't because we were smarter than anybody else. We just, and then I think they got the passion for the food and making it. So I think the thing I advise for parents sometimes is not only the parents, they, they'll follow you. I mean, they don't always do it right away, but they'll follow they'll see what you're doing. And number two, you get them involved, you know, get them involved in the cooking process. I find so many people, especially males that I know, they do not have the skill of making food. So when you're traveling with them, they're like hamstrung. They can't do anything. They have to eat out or they don't know. what They can't even make cold oatmeal. Like they think I'm some kind of magician, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, anybody can make this. So I think that's what my wife brought to the table. She helped them for the love of family and cooking and, you know, prep. So that's the advice I give to parents is be patient, number one, mirror, number two, and get them involved, number three.
3: Good luck, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper's going to yeah,
0: just whole patience grab thing. onto <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: There's not a whole lot of that in my household. on
0: But they, they evolved. I mean, you know, I was a terrible eater until I was probably about, you know, 19 years old. I just didn't know any better. But, yeah, the, they come in. And like you said, you have two just the opposites. And that's. Well, and it's fascinating to me because, and I'm very fortunate. They're both very healthy little boys. Mm-hmm.
1: not Never sick, knock on wood. But they could not eat more differently if they tried. And they try
0: and i think I, another thing too we're to do more of this and joe kind of alluded to it earlier but we want to do more and more training at our new facility for parents so they can share this next generation because the magic is in the parents sh- sharing healthy habits with
1: their kids my wife tells these horror stories that her parents um she's much younger than her three older brothers 11 years younger than her three older brothers and uh some point right before she was born, her parents like completely changed their entire cooking lifestyle. Just every, every sugar, everything that could be fun was gone. And so she was raised in this whole, you know, nobody, she went to birthday parties but wasn't allowed to have the cake. You know, her mom packed something that she could have that was awful. Wheat germ on everything. She just tells these horror stories about the food that she had to eat. And then she always jokes about her, her favorite brother was the one that when... He got his driver's license, drove her to McDonald's every day on the way home from school. And she got all kinds of food because it was the only time she'd ever been able to eat that stuff. And she kept saying it was the worst thing that they could have done was because all I wanted to do was eat garbage as soon as I had the chance to do it.
0: Well, you know, we talk about that a lot because my sister and my brother in this community, my brother's older, my sister's younger, and we were all raised and we had every... Little Debbie's, Hostess, Ho-Ho. I mean, every... Three Musketeers, Snickers bar, we had... My mom was just... Getting hum- hungry. Amazing <laughs> at this stuff. But none of us came out really craving that because we had it all the time. So there's some real magic to that, not... Depriving deprivation does not work. That's why we don't teach dieting because it just doesn't work. You want to do it because you want to, not because you have to. So I think that's the same thing with the kids. You know, you want to have them just have better versions. Like we had pizza and we had cookies and we had all that stuff, but slowly over time we just had better versions of those. And anytime you can make, like my daughter Kristen will always say, if you can make it homemade, it's always the best. So, so you don't want to deprive your kids of these treats and special times and no, that that to me that's I had a, a couple of friends that went to Western Michigan w- with me and you know their parents were so strict when when they got to Western Michigan they just did everything mm-hmm bad that they could put their hands on. <laughs> so. well, I, th-
3: I think it's in your I think it's in the on-target living book you kind of talk about the 8020 rule where it's like I think 80% of the time you do your your best and you try to eat Yeah, well so let's
0: say you're you're picking on Nick today and Nick's doing 40 60 then Nick goes 5050 the goal is you're just slowly moving in that direction
3: yeah. and 20s fine you can treat yourself 20% of the time that's
0: not that's not terrible but 80 20 is a pretty 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 disciplined approach so I used to have clients of mine. They're like, "How many days a week do you just eat garbage?" And they're like, "Almost every day." I said, well, "Let's just go every other day to start with." So that's that's the premise is you're trying to create a lifestyle that people can sustain on their own, and they lo- they like. That's that's the magic.
1: What is your view on um, supplementation, uh, vitamin pills, um, minerals, things like that?
0: Well, we, tr- we teach three principles on On Living. One is the, the cell. Everything begins at the cell level. Number two is, you know, is it balancing your pH? That's where the minerals come in. And number three is the source. And that's really what you're asking right now is so... I always try to go to the source. The closer it gets to the source, the better it is for you and the easier it is for the body to absorb. So, for example, if you take multivitamins, I don't really promote multivitamins. I don't take them myself. Not saying you couldn't or shouldn't, but you always to ask the question, what's the source of those vitamins? So if you said, hey, it's low with beta carotene. If you don't see beta carotene on an ingredient list, which would be carrots and sweet potatoes, then it's going to be a synthetic form of beta carotene. So that would be, probably be not a great choice. So 90% of multivitamins in the United States are synthetic-based. Hard for the body to absorb. So I'd rather focus my attention on real superfoods that are foods, such as you a know, superfood could be an apple or uh, a banana or a carrot or kale or even even more levels would be like a spirulina chlorella or a wheatgrass or cod liver oil. So the closer you get to the source, then it covers a lot more ground. And it's easy for the body to absorb because it's like a chemistry set out there. Do I take lipoic acid, vitamin D, vitamin C, calcium, magnesium, it goes on and on. Reality is if you just eat these foods, you can now naturally get them in your diet. And that's that what I've found gets the greatest return on investment for people. Not only it's not, it's not going to cost them much difference, but it's going to be something they can sustain. And it's going to be good for them. And that's why we promote, like I said, certain supplements we call them are cod liver oil, spirulina corella, and wheatgrass. Those are the big three we promote because they are powerful and they cover a
1: lot of ground. So when your family got together, and we can wrap up with this, but when your family got together for Christmas, what was on the dinner table for the big Christmas dinner? What does is, what is the Johnson family sit down and eat for a big
0: family meal? Well, one family gathering, we had prime rib. We had mashed potatoes We had um, green beans with almonds. We had uh, homemade cookies and uh, a bunch of snacks and stuff like that. The other family, we had a variety of different types of lasagna. So we had a vegetable lasagna. We had a sausage lasagna. We had all sorts of – so we had three different types of lasagna. More cookies than you could even – Shake a stick at so, so this was part of the twenty percent. This was a twenty percent oh, day, for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Christmas is a twenty percent. But we are making it. It's homemade. Yeah. So everything is homemade. You're not going to get store bought cookies, and they're they're making the cookies and all that kind of stuff with better ingredients. But yeah, it's it's uh, we we it's very hardy. We're not holding anything back. I kind of fall off the rails for a while. <laughs> so that's,
2: that's fair.
3: That's so, everyone should be able to.
0: My wife loves that time of year for me because she just goes, he just lets everything go and you know doesn't <laughs> worry about it. But yeah, I think that's how more and more people food is meant to be enjoyed, and I think sometimes we get so militant about it that. You know that's and it's funny because we don't get invited to dinner. Nobody invites us for dinner or <laughs> lunch because they're afraid that we're gonna, you know, judge them on what they're eating. I'm like, hey, come on, Just eat whatever you want. <laughs> and then the more you have a mindset that you're doing stuff that you like to do, and it's a little bit more, then you're gonna feel better and perform better. And if you want to eat a bunch of crap and feel like you're gonna take a nap for the next two or three hours, then that's 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 a choice you make. But when people start feeling good, I think they like to. You know, maintain that, and I, that's what the magic we've found over the years. Well, thanks for being with us. My uh, pleasure.
1: Chris Johnson is founder and CEO of On Target Living. Uh, you can learn more about him and his business um, at ontargetliving.com.